It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Welcome, everybody. This is Ears Up Podcast, coming to you live from a beautiful Oakley evening. Taryn is gone. She abandoned me for uh, for some work function, um, which is fine because she's the breadwinner, so I'm like, all right with it. But also, I'm kind of not okay with it. It's different. <laughs> it's different. Right, right, it's right, right. It's real different without her here. Can you mute this for me for a second, please? Yep. I would I would love to mute your microphone. <laughs> I would be one hundred percent okay with it. Don't have to ask me once. <laughs> it actually already was muted. Um, that's just kind of the pranks that we, we we play here on Ears Up Podcast. You guys, we play pranks on each other. Um, so I I don't know why you're talking to the microphone. It's muted. I literally told you that already. Beverly. <laughs> Hi, Beverly. Hi. All right. So Bev's on the old ones and twos, the old uh, camera action for you live check listeners it, tonight. It. <laughs> I'm already doing great because when you started talking, we were still on the, the screen. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, crap. Wow, nice mute. You uh, you uh, censored yourself. I'm learning. Good work. Here, how do I turn you up? Four years in. I'm, d- I, yeah. I'm, I'm on the microphone. No, I know. You're, do- you're doing great. Yeah, I know. Well, well let's, not, let's not go that far. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Get Away Today, which of course is Disney's top wholesale partner. They'll help you plan your Disneyland vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discount tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plan. Of course, you got to head over to getawaytoday.com slash ears up and start planning your magical vacation. Tell them we sent you, of course, because we don't wear ears up. And use code ears up to save an extra 10 bucks on your SoCal vacation packages. Okay, we have a great show for you guys tonight. Fantastic show. I'm calling it unofficially the tale of the two Daves because not only do we have Dave Marley who uh, wrote a book called Skipper Stories Tales from Disneyland's Jungle Cruise, mm-hmm. but we also have our friend Dave Marley Avon from Flat Tail <laughs> Brewing Company in Corvallis, Oregon, uh, talking about a fundraiser he's doing called the Highway to Health. I didn't know we were actually going to have them on. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, if I can uh, plug my phone in, I got to go plug my phone in real fast. But uh, anyway, so yeah, Dave. Uh, let's call our guest David. Yes. And maybe Dave Dave. That sounds good. You think it'll be fine? That sounds good. Uh, so Dave, yeah, he rides his motorcycle from like, I don't know, Seattle to San Diego in one day or something like that. It's and like then a thousand miles on a motorcycle because he's real smart. Because he's real smart. And also and, doesn't want to have children. <laughs> right. And so every, well, like mile, it's like a cakewalk or a, a walkathon or whatever. So you yeah, sponsor like, him, you sponsor mm-hmm. him by the mile and everything goes to, um, I forget what specific charity it goes to. Maybe brain cancer. it's brain cancer. I have it in my, I should just look it up. I'll look it up later. But anyway, Dave's a good dude. He's yeah. a, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's very generous man we've been friends with him for a long time and uh, I just got to thinking I know it's about the time that he's starting to, to look for sponsors mm-hmm. and donations so why don't we just have him on our show love it I think that'd be cool love it so anyway uh, David is right on deck here but of course we have some stuff to get through and then after uh, Dave by the way we have a ton of Disney a uh, breaking Disney news to kind of break <laughs> down uh, really it's not a ton but the impacts are a ton yes right yes there's a whole stuff to get through. Exactly. And for you Patreon subs out there, we are finally recording tonight the pyramid, the eye, the ears, or as Taryn now calls it, P. 
That's the initials. She calls it P. And she was like writing notes for Bev to like run the, the cameras and stuff. And she's like, uh, so when you switch over to P and I'm like, you told her that? Like this wow. is now, so now it's P. Now it's P. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. I for a second thought P was a sys- like a, a software thing. Something in the, in the computer. computer. <laughs> and then I was like, oh wait. Nope, uh, I know what that, I know what that is. <clears throat> But before we get to the show, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can send feedback on this show or just anything in the world, really. Whatever you want feedback to give, uh, Taryn is your sounding board. Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Show suggestions goes to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi. Good day. To, <laughs> to Bev. <laughs> Anything else comes to me. I'm Jason at earsup If you want to support this show, you can do it in uh, a lot of ways, actually. You can go to head uh, you can go you can go to head over to Etsy.com slash coveers. That's C O V E A R S mm-hmm. and browse our line of t shirts and of course coveers as well. Patreon.com slash ears up. That's where you get some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sign up for two bucks a want if you want, two bucks a month. That's fine. It's a buck a show. Yeah. That's great. We really appreciate it. But the five dollar level and up, you start getting stuff. So five dollar level secret show. Yes. Where we talk about drinking. And you'll get the Pyramid of the Eye of the Years too. Actually, the Pyramid of the Eye of the Years, I think, is just I think I'm making it for everybody. I don't know yet. I think it might even just be for the two dollar a month also. Okay. All right. I don't know. Just extra content. What do you think? I think you should. I think it's yeah. good. I think it's good. Yeah. Right, I, I think the secret show should be the uh the top shelf show for Patreon people, if you will. Yeah, I think I think you're you know, I think you're right. Although we have, you know, more exp- look, personally I would rather you guys uh subscribe on the 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 higher dollar amounts, if you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. um, you know, do what you can. Anything helps. I really appreciate it. We're getting the studio together and we're sounding good. We got some good stuff coming up for you. And of course, just spread the word. Tell people about our show. I would really appreciate that. If you do any kind of internet shopping, you can use our Amazon link. It's on the homepage there. And before we get to our guest, if uh, you are in San Francisco area or a craft beer drinker, I suppose, in general, the 21st Amendment has been serving craft beer in the San Francisco Bay Area for 19 years, which is... A long time, especially in that industry, man. The beer industry is uh, crazy. From their initial brew pub on 2nd Street, which is just two blocks from Giant Stadium in San Francisco, to their production brewery and taproom across the bay in San Leandro, the 21st Amendment is now available in 29 states, including in and around the parks. Next time you're in San Francisco, visit the brew pub and shoot over to neighboring San Leandro to check out the new production brewery and taproom for great beers and good food in both locations, to be honest. And be sure to ask for the 21st Amendment wherever you find good craft beer uh, I'm not going to plug my spot again let's get David on the phone and start talking about skipper stories man this is a great book man yeah I really like it I haven't finished it um, but I I really appreciate the uh, <laughs> I appreciate the book uh, and I'll tell him well, I think he's on the line uh, David are you there I am hey this is Jason man thanks for joining us tonight I really appreciate it Oops. Sure, I had no idea it was going out live. Feels oh yeah, pressure. <laughs> well, no uh, pressure. Yeah, no, pressure no there's all. all. Don't fool him, Terrence. Everybody, <laughs> it's on satellite XM, Sirius Radio. No, it's not really. But, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> we have a studio full of people here too. About two, three hundred people, live people. Don't That's worry right. About it. You can hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's live, but you know, it's it's really just to to facilitate the chat room. Most people, you know, download it as a podcast, so it's all right. We can you know we can cut you out if you want. That's- that's pretty cool. That's legit. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it's I'll, a good. I'll, I'll keep the swearing to a minimum. Yeah, I, I would appreciate do. that. Yeah. 
So, uh, Dave, tell me about Skipper Stories, uh, t- True Tales from Disneyland's Jungle Cruise. What prompted you to write a book about, uh, basically, not only about your life as a, as a skipper, but just the role of a skipper and the role of Jungle Cruise in Disneyland in general? It seems very like a very broad statement to, to write about. Yeah, I was actually approached by uh, the, the owner and editor of Theme Park Press, asked me if I'd be interesting to write, interested in writing a book that, where I would interview one skipper from each decade of Disneyland's history. Wow. And I, I pitched back, what if I interview every skipper I can get my hands on? Because <laughs> every, every skipper I've ever met, even ones I don't think are particularly funny on the boat, have some funny stories. Yeah. So and the funny thing was, I, I, you know, I'm a historian, professor at Cal State Fullerton, and I was trying to write other books and trying to get stuff published and kept getting rejection letters on these different topics. And so my wife goes, you finally get an offer of a book and you tell them no, <laughs> and here's how you want to do it. She's like, what the hell were you thinking? And right? then he responds back a week later. Yes, let's do it your way. I'm wow. like, okay, good. You're like, finally someone who, who recognizes my genius. Right. Well, exactly. And, and that is a good, uh, that is a good approach to writing a, a book like that. You know, and I'll be honest, uh, when Terrence, pitched me the, the idea for, for reading your book and talking to you. I was like, I, let me back up. I'm not a Jungle Cruise fan. I'm going to admit that, and I feel comfortable. This is a safe environment. I'm, I feel comfortable saying okay. that. I'm not a, a Jungle Cruise fan. So I went into this, and I went into reading your book a little bit leery. I was like, well, okay, it's a Jungle Cruise. What, what are we talking about? And just reading through some of the excerpts that you have and, and the, the interviews that you're, that you're conducting with these people these old skippers I, yeah. I i can i can see how i can see how the love of this ride it is yeah. and, and, and it's something flipped in me it's the most unique ride now in the park in my opinion i mean it's that's hot takes oh. here dave <sighs> nobody's ever said this before but the jungle <laughs> cruise is the most unique ride because you're talking in this book about and maybe you make the point maybe someone else does i don't know, it doesn't matter but it's the only ride in the park where where guests have access to a CM for what is it ten minutes, and that yeah, CM it, it it's the CM yeah. that makes the ride. I mean the the ride is the background. The ride is the ride. Right. The, every, the ride is great. Um, the spiel's are kind of what gets me after after a little bit. I'll be honest, but it's that's what makes that's what the ride is. And it, I've never really put two and two together like that. That the skipper kind of transcends the actual ride and it becomes, it becomes a ride. Yeah. Oh my God. I got a convert. That's great news. <laughs> Good job, David. Yeah. Let's not go that my, far. My work here is done. <laughs> That's right. Oh, thank you very much. We'll be uh, talking <laughs> to you later. So uh, let's start with a little bit about your background being a skipper. How did you get involved uh, working at Disneyland and, and then, you know, hitting up the jungle cruise and, and doing all that? I, t- I tell the long version in my first Skipper Stories book, but the short version is I was born and raised in Orange County and grew up in Orange, which was like seven miles away from the park. Yeah. And my sister took me to the park once when I was about seven or eight years old. She was 16 and just got her driver's license. So she took me to the park, and I don't remember anything from that day except for one moment. We were in the Jungle Cruise. We were going to be the next group on the boat. So the guy's talking to us, oh, where are you from? And I said, Orange. He said, oh, why are you here today? I said, my sister took me. And he looks my sister up and down. 
Then he kneels right next to me and whispers in my ear. He goes, be careful. She's going to ask you for something. <laughs> and I remember, I remember at that moment thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to do for a living. This is going to be my job one day. Really? And, and for the rest of my life, it was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And um, in the mid-90s, I got, decided to go to grad school. One of a number of bad decisions, but I decided to go to grad school and I was going to live in Washington, D.C. Mm. And I thought, before I leave, I'm going to be a skipper. Wow. And so I went and just made it. I was just obnoxious till I finally got on the ride. Worked there for a few months before I left. And then when I came back to California, five, six years later, I went back and worked at the Jungle Cruise for three and a half years and loved every second of it. Wow. It was just, just a blast. And it's, it's taken over my life completely has it since then since oh, you left god yes <laughs> <laughs> how so when, when you go back to the park do you do you kind of reminisce with the, the people working there or, or are you running into people just in your everyday life that that used to be skippers and that's how you, you can't leave it it's um when i left the park i started doing stand-up comedy and i did that for about eight years semi-professionally nice we did shows at like the Brea Improv and Irvine Improv all, all around did it was um, a thing called the skipper show okay <laughs> where all the performers were current or former jungle cruise skippers wow and that was a lot of fun and then I started um an Etsy store where I make a lot of jungle cruise based and Disneyland based art oh wow what's and the, then you and go, then go I and plug it if you want I'm sorry. Uh, what's your Etsy store? Give us a, give it a shout out. It's called Doctor Skipper. Doctor Skipper. My, um, that's my art name. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off, but I want to make sure you got a plug in there. Oh yeah. Well, hey, I I feel the love. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And uh, that's why I'm on the cover of the new book, More Skipper Stories. It says David Marley, Doctor Skipper. Okay. Yeah, I feel you gotta you gotta you gotta plug both of your uh, your personalities there. Yeah. It's um right. So it's. It's taken over everything. And even for a few years, I taught a class on the history of Disneyland. So it's taken over everything. Man. And I just, um, yeah, How, I, I can't, I can't get away. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. And in, in a lot of people in the book kind of echo that sentiment also, that Jungle Cruise changed their life. Why do you yeah. think Jungle Cruise, of all the rides, resonates with people and kind of bonds people, pulls them together into these, into these sometimes lifelong friendships. Yeah. Like, like you kind of said earlier, it's a really different kind of ride where other attractions, you sit and push a button and the people go through the ride and it's just, you move from rotation to rotation. You're, you're getting people in or out and pushing a button where here you're with the people you're going on the trip with them and you're showing them things and, all the people that work there have this kind of shared experience. And mm -hmm. what I liked about jungle is there's no, everybody gets paid pretty much the same at, at Disneyland. None of us were making any money whatsoever, but at jungle cruise, you actually have to work a lot harder than you do at any other attraction. Yeah. Like I worked at the Tiki room. We called that just the break room. <laughs> is what we called it. I mean, yeah, yeah you kind start of, the right? Tiki room, you got 20 minutes, you come back, you do it again. And it's very nice and mellow. Where at Jungle, after an eight-hour shift, you're exhausted. Your yeah. throat's sore and your body's tired because you're physically helping people in and out of the boat. And uh, so it takes a certain kind of person. And so you bond over these experiences. And the one thing that surprised me the most in all the work I've done is I would talk to skippers from the 50s and 60s, and we would tell the exact same story. <laughs> right? the exact same 
experiences like oh when you grab somebody's elbow and it's all gross and like greasy or it's all fat and oh yeah or like a kid almost falls in you got to save him yeah me too and just you know we it was like we'd work together almost and yeah it was, it was such a fun thing wow. yeah people don't change right or just over the decades that you get the same kind of groups of people but uh yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and the skippers are are most of my closest friends today are still people that i worked with at jungle cruise and now because I teach at Cal State Fullerton, I have a whole group of students that work there. So when I go to the park, I see my friends, and then I see my students, and it's just, it's great. I drive my wife crazy, because I'm just socializing the whole time I'm there. <laughs> you sort of turn your job into, you know, kind of a, a, a larger Jungle Cruise audience, I suppose, right? <laughs> exactly, right? That's yeah. good, man. You know, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate being able to mold your your uh, your your job and to, from your past job experience that deeply affects your personality and you can carry that forward you don't have to be separate people you kind of it sounds like you kind of just you know found yourself to be you know kind of uh, uh, you know extravagant in storytelling right? right like did you do you feel like you found a voice in the jungle cruise and you kind of just never let that go yeah, you know, I've, I've grown up taking theater classes, and I'm just kind of the loud, obnoxious kid, so I think I, I fit in pretty well. Yeah, is I, I feel like that's every, I mean, the, every successful skipper. Like, I was in drama, too. I was a big drama nerd, and, and I feel like, thinking about this, uh, I would have done a great job, I think, as a skipper. I think that's where I would want to be, like, right out of high school. Right. But, like, in uh -huh. my angsty 20s, I feel like I would have just been brooding in the corner and would have been better in, like, Tomorrowland <laughs> or something like that. You would have been good at the tiki room. Yeah, yeah for sure. And quiet <laughs> and break. Yeah. But, I, you know, it, I, I think it does, it sounds like it takes those those kind of extrovert people, at least... Uh, as as much as theater kids can can be right, because a lot of I'm just going to say us, a lot of us are kind of introverted. I'm pretty introverted unless there's a stage or unless there's a, a performance to to do. Did, yeah. When you were training, did you ever get people who you thought, oh, this person's not going to work out, and they eventually sort of came out of their shell, or I know this person isn't going to work, and we need to get rid of them and send them over to Critter Country or something like that. Oh yeah, you could sometimes tell. Uh, one of the first group of guys I trained one was an older guy who wasn't comfortable with it and the other guy acted like he just came off a stage he was like full of energy he knew all the lines I remember watching him thinking oh my god they're all gonna think I'm a great trainer <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna think I'm so good and I did I did nothing to help this guy he walked in just ready to go but you do get people that um that don't want to be there. They don't like speaking in front of people. They don't like, you know, doing jokes. They don't want to work that hard. Mm -hmm. And um, there were times where I, there was a manager that I had a good relationship with. And if I had a, a, a skipper who I didn't want working there, like that I was training, yeah. I would call him and say, I got somebody for Toontown. And <laughs> nice. he, would come, he would come downstairs and go, hey, I just got a great new opportunity. You might be interested in it. You know, Jungle Cruise is a lot of work. You know, you're outside, not, but I just found a great new place in Toontown. If you're interested, I could get you transferred over there right now. And love he sold it like a promotion, and it was just the best thing ever. Yeah, it, it very much sounds like, uh, oh, we've oh. upgraded you. I mean, All we need is four payments oh, yeah. of $19.95, and we'll get you right in. Oh, I yeah. kind of think that I would hate to have to run the... The Jungle Cruise, like I don't, yeah. I don't think I would enjoy that at no, all. No, I don't think so. But either. honestly, like my worst nightmare would be working in Toontown. So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like small. It's everybody's world. worst nightmare. That, that's oh, why we sent people there. It's terrible. Nice. 
Yeah. Well played. We had one guy that was that was really obnoxious and a know-it-all, and I'm doing this, and, I'm, and he was just so arrogant. So we sent him away, and the manager came by and said, hey, Toontown. He's like, hey, guys, I got a better job than this place. Bye, suckers. <laughs> he walked away. <laughs> and, and our lead goes, that that poor fool. <laughs> he has that, no idea. That poor fool. And he was never seen again. <laughs> he was, he, and he was, that's right. He spent the rest of his life parking strollers by Small World. Oh, God. No, thank you. Hey, David, it's Terrence. I have a question real quick. So, um, hey. so I, I'm hearing you say that there are people who are drama kids. They could, they could memorize the script and stuff on Jungle Cruise. Is Are those oh, people yeah. who did the best, or were the people who were able to kind of, um, you know, ad lib lines and then also like how much could you actually ad lib how much of how many jokes that you have to hit and then how much of it can you just make it your own on the ride um this is my own personal bias but i think people that that went away from the script were the funnier skippers yes and we used to ride everybody's boat and you would see what new jokes they were doing and if it was like a joke they came up with they would say yes you could do this joke or no that's my personal joke don't steal it i think we all had one or two of those but uh, I'm much more of a rule breaker. I, I, you know, I got in trouble. My, I told my wife heard me telling my young girls that rules were for suckers. And nice. I got in trouble. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, but um, whoops. yeah. So I like the guys that that went off and did their own wild things, and it was just always fun to see what creative things you could come up with. And when a skipper came back to the dock with guests, that's where you really put in your A game because you were showing off for all your friends on the dock. So you right. wanted the boat to be happy and laughing, and you yeah. wanted to do jokes that would make the guys on the dock laugh. Nice. And uh, that was there was a lot of peer pressure there to be to be funny. Well, how and, much? Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I think your other question about what you can get away with it really wildly varies from era to era. Yeah. When I was there in the early 2000s, we we got away with murder, and it was <laughs> the same way in the sick in the 70s they could do it. Mm-hmm. But in like in the mid to late 80s, they were super strict, and they're they're pretty strict now. Yeah. But it kind of comes and goes in waves. Um, hmm. I got to be a a joke writer when they updated the script the last time. Oh wow! Nice. Back in 2004, and so the managers were there, and there was an Imagineer from Burbank and they put us on the boat it was before the park opened and they said we want to see each of you do your 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 best boat do it the way you always do it don't you know don't change it you won't get in trouble no matter what you do or say <laughs> nice. we just want to see what it is and so I grabbed the mic I'm like okay so I did my script my, my regular spiel at the end we get back and the manager goes you only did one joke that's on the script and I said, yeah, it's that dumb backside of water joke. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> he goes, we never get complaints about you. I said, because I'm not dirty and I'm not swearing. Right. I just think these jokes aren't funny. So I made my own. Nice. Right. And so I got to get, yeah. And so um, yeah, I, I was always, I, I was told that if I worked there today, I would last about a week. So... <laughs> Yeah, do you think, too bad, actually. Do you think that things are changing? Like, let me. I'm, I'm going to ask you a much broader question now. <laughs> so I'm wondering if things are changing as far as what you can and can't say on Jungle Cruise, much like things are changing. And give me your, your opinion on this. Do you think that the park is getting uh, to the point where they're super afraid of offending anyone, and so they make everything tame? Or, or what do you think, in your opinion? Because like, if you look at what they're doing at Pirates of the Caribbean, or what they've done, with replacing scenes of that nature. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's just kind of starting to flow around the park where they're trying to eliminate anything that could even possibly be offensive to anyone? I think they are. But some of the changes are good. Like I think the change with the, 
at Pirates of the Caribbean with the redhead, with the new how she's a pirate. I love that. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I remember asking my mom, why are those guys chasing the girls? And she didn't say, oh, because, oh. you know, they want to rape them or whatever. She just kind of gave some euphemistic answer. And when I was in high school, I went, oh, oh, boy, that's dark. Right. <laughs> so some of the stuff I'm glad they changed. But um, but Disneyland's fear is anybody getting upset or offended about anything. And it's the reason why in my books I talk about Jungle has such a struggle with management. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. They, don't, they don't want people going to City Hall and complaining. And, and they're going to complain when Indy breaks down. Or if, you know, they can't find a place to sit at a parade. But Jungle Cruise is like one of the only places where they get complaints about cast member behavior. Right. And so that's what makes them really crack down. The last two times I was at Disneyland, I rode the Jungle three times each. And each time the the boat was almost identical. Hmm. It's like each skipper does exactly what the last skipper does because they're afraid to go off. Sure. Which takes away a and lot of the uniqueness of the ride as well, though. Exactly. It, it destroys it. And I yeah. think Disney management, well, there's, there's, I don't say, I've been to meetings with some people, so I don't know what I can tell you, but, but hmm. I haven't told anybody else this. So this is your exclusive. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I know that there are, there are people at Disney corporate headquarters that want the jungle to be funny and give people freedom and give them like a, here's some boundaries, but be funny within these boundaries. And it doesn't make it to the skippers because the managers that are right above the skippers, all they want to do is not get fired. And so they see these rules come from Burbank and they like, forget it, forget it, forget it. Don't go off this script or you're fired. Wow. So you have one end saying, be creative, keep it within this board, which is really the only way to do it. Be creative, but keep it within these boundaries. The skipper saying, okay. And the managers above them saying, nope, 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 nope. Can't, we'll just fire you. We'll just fire you. We'll just fire you, because they're worried about their own jobs, and so <sighs> they're they're trying to relieve that tension. Because I think it's going to build the closer it gets to the Jungle Cruise movie coming out next July. Right. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how I wonder how it's going to change to to fit the narrative of that movie, even, or if it will incorporate uh, that movie in there. The only rumor I've heard is that it's not because this is going to be set the movie set before the Jungle Cruise era begins. Oh, okay. Okay. So it won't it, it won't impact it that much, but um, but uh, yeah, I think they're just they're, the manager's natural tendency is just to clamp down on things. That's not sure. Disney's attitude. It's not the Imagineers' attitude. Right. They're much more open and and creative. Where these people are just they're counting numbers of who's going in the ride, how many people an hour, and what are your employee costs? Can we keep those down? And those are the people that I think are really kind of killing the experience. And they're like, well, we're not. We didn't get any complaints. It's like okay, yeah, but so we're good. It wasn't funny. It wasn't any good. Yeah. Right. Right. And and you know honestly, I think a lot of people like the Jungle Cruise for nostalgia purposes. And I'm you know yes. that it sounds sort of insulting, but it's really not. Like for me, I, the jokes are what I I don't like. But what you just said sort of struck home is it's the same jokes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel yeah. like my inner drama nerd would come out. If every time I rode that ride, I would get a different experience because I love the ride. I love the canopy. I love oh, yeah. running through the boat. I love all of that stuff. The 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 sight gags, the piran, like all of that stuff. Love it. Oh, Eat yeah. it up all day. If I and, I've, I've always said on the on the show, if I could just take a, a boat with no skipper, I would love it. But I th- but I think now after reading don't your let book, Disney hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> after reading your we'll book, do that immediately. I know, right? After reading your book and 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 talking to you right now, I, I think that 
that it's not what most people's experience is because they've grown up going to Disneyland in these different eras, like you were saying, that had really funny skippers and each ride was kind of different. And, you know, that was the ride. Mm-hmm. And now it is yeah. distilled down and people like it because, oh, it's it's funny. It's the... But it's really not. They just want it to be. And, you know, I don't know. There's some nostalgia at play. But it sounds like maybe it's the same way with some of the skippers you were interviewing in your book as well. They they were reminiscing about they had a, a, a blast doing, you know, pranks on each other and all that kind of stuff. But were what were the what were kind of the some of the bad parts about working there? Like you said, it, it was exhausting, physically exhausting. There had to be some yeah. some sort of, you know, downside to all that fun, right? It was a lot more physical than I thought it was going to be because you're you are helping people in and out of a boat and a lot of people evidently have never stepped in or out of a boat before so you're grabbing people by their elbows and they'll trip and fall or they'll you know wobble and you have to be there to help them okay that part's tiring and you'll do 20 to 30 trips a day so your your throat gets pretty tired especially the beginning of like the busy season oh geez you're kind of tired tell me and it depends in the middle of the day when it's really hot, it's crowded. You'll have boat after boat after boat of people that just could care less about what you're doing, <laughs> which is why I must have interviewed, oh, geez, at this point, over 70 skippers, and I've only found one skipper that liked working in the day better than the night. Almost everybody prefers nice. going working there at the nighttime because oh, yeah. you can take a little bit longer. You get people that want to be on the ride, and it's a lot more fun. Wow. Yeah, take next time you go to the park, go there, ride jungle once during the day and then ride it again at night and you'll see they're two totally different rides. You're 100% correct. Yeah. It's a great secret. It's a great secret of <laughs> of going to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels a little edgier. Yeah, uh, I like a, it. Okay. A lot, a lot I prefer more it at loose. night. A lot yeah. more loose. I mean, yeah. I like Disneyland night in general yeah. pretty much. Just anything. Yep. Getting a churro at night yep. is much better than during the day. <laughs> whatever yeah. you whatever you got, I'll take exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, One the of jungle the... looks more menacing, and the animals yeah. look better at night. It's just a lot more fun. I I loved it. Loved One cool it at night. One cool thread I I saw throughout your book was just picking up on little things like how the ride has changed, um, especially with the uh, skipper costumes. Yeah. Uh huh. Apparently, early on, like you could in the fifties or sixties, maybe uh, I think it was sixties, uh, Hawaiian shirt, cargo shorts, straw hat, sandals. Yeah, yeah, flip flop. Yeah, amazing. Can you imagine? And, amazing. And, yeah, like in an Orange County beach bum. That's just you just go down to the beach after that in your in your costume, man. Exactly. I mean, yep. that's that's yep. amazing. Yeah, it was really really different. Yeah, that's. I'm working on a um a history of the Jungle Cruise. It's going to come out oh, yeah. uh, in the spring of 2020 nice. in Theme Park Press. That's cool. And uh, j- I just got the contract today. Thank you very much. Awesome. Nice, yeah. And, Walt Walt actually hired a Hollywood costume designer to make costumes for each individual boat. Oh, so wow. if you worked the Ganges gal, you were going to have this outfit from India to wear. And if you were going <laughs> to drive the Nile princess, you had an Egyptian outfit to wear. And it was just far too expensive to do, but it was these beautiful drawings about how much Walt wanted to keep it themed. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of fun history to it. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've done a, a history of jungle cruise on this show, but not, I didn't know that. I mean, obviously we missed a lot because there's a ton. We'll, we'll have stuff you back out there. on here. Yeah, for that. we'll definitely have you back on here for that. <clears throat> oh sure. And, and that's what was kind of one of the surprising things about about the uh, Skipper Stories book that there are these little 
historical details and these threads that kind of run through everybody's, you know, uh, interviews and they're just talking, right. They're just telling their story to you, but they're, they're, it's their moment in history. They're reciting their point in history of this historic ride and they don't know it, but they're, they're just giving us little bits that we didn't know. Like, the costume thing or, you know, how hard it was to, to you know, write a joke or how easy it used to be to write a joke and, and to get that through or, or getting in trouble or, or any, any of that kind of stuff. You don't really hear about that. I've, I've heard that, yeah. you, you know, skippers can sort of write jokes, but sort of not. When you were a skipper, how was, how was that process trying to get your material in, into the, into the um, script there? It's um, that story is like the one thing that I'm super, super proud of about Jungle Cruise. When I, when I was there that my last summer in 2004, when they were coming up with the script and they were, they told us they were going to start kind of clamping down. One of the things I fought for, and I think being the professor in the room really helped, (laughs) that if you want to do this, they have to be able to write jokes that you guys can approve, like send Imagineering. And so it still goes on today. There's a form you fill out and you write your joke down. Management looks at it. They send it up to Burbank, and if they approve it, it gets put on the script. Nice. Wow. And that was, that was I, I felt my big accomplishment because before yeah. that, you would just do these jokes that had been around forever, but they weren't on the script. They were just kind of accepted. Okay. And then one day, new managers were like, you have to do the jokes on the script or you're fired. And my response is, well, then you have to allow us to add things because it's going to happen no matter what. It's just going to happen. Right. And do you want to control it or do you want to pretend like you're controlling it and not do anything about it? So <laughs> I found out they still they still do it. You used to have to write your name. Like you'd give your name and write the joke, and then you had to sign a document saying that Disneyland owns this joke and I am not the writer of it. <laughs> now you just do it because, uh, you know, Disney wants the money. And um, right. But now I've been told they just you fill it out anonymously. So there's not even a name attached to it. Oh, so that because Disney Disney owns the joke anyway, which was fine with us. We just wanted our jokes on the script. And yeah, for when, sure. It's fun when I'm on a boat and I hear someone do one of the jokes I got on there. It just makes me really happy. Oh, that's good, man. So, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Is is there one script? It sounds like there's just one one script to pass around everybody. There, there, there is one script, but each like individual scene has between like five to seven jokes. Oh, and you can like and mix so, and match. Yeah, so okay. like an Indian elephant bathing pool, there's got to be at least ten, and then you can pick one or two. When you you can tell a new skipper because a new skipper tries to do as many as they can at each single stop, <laughs> just uh, Gatling gun full of jokes. Just yeah. <laughs> exactly. We, we call it machine gun comedy. There, just yeah. like brr, brr, brr. there we go. And older skippers will just do one and you know do the one good one or come up with one of their own bits <laughs> and then move on yeah and let it linger for an uncomfortable amount of time yeah. and then move on that's exactly. my that's my favorite part about the jungle cruise when they say they say that joke and it, you know they haven't gotten to the punchline it's going to be a bomb and they just uh-huh. wait, 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 wait and then hit it and then move on and i'm always the only one on the boat <laughs> laughing at the joke cuz it's such nice. a, it's so great i love it absolutely love it hey. Sometimes that makes a skipper's day when you just hear one person laughing. I used to do this one. Um, uh, there was a, a skipper that I worked with, and he was telling me how his uh, boyfriend was deaf. And for people who uh, can't hear sign language, none of the puns work. Mm. And so he was explaining to me how the puns work. And I went, because I'm a skipper, but I don't like puns. I don't find them yes, funny. And no. the Jungle Cruise is, is nothing but puns. Yes. So, but after having lunch with this guy, I created the pun killer tour. Where I did every joke literally, so we get to the 
the gorilla camp where there's the Jeep. And you're like, oh, yeah. the gorillas are trying to get that Jeep to start. And looks like they finally got it to turn over. So I did the what was just the sign language version. I said, those gorillas were trying to get that Jeep to start, and now it's upside down. Oh, wow. <laughs> where, where I would just say every everything, literally, like, look at all these elephants. You can you know, take a picture. They have their trunks on. I'd say, look at all these elephants. You can take a picture. They're all dressed appropriately. <laughs> and I would do it at night. And the first time I did it, I had a couple of my skipper friends sit in the back. So I'm driving through the jungle at night. There's 40 guests no one's laughing because I'm not really saying a joke right. and my five friends in the back are laughing hysterically. <laughs> I and would, so I would be there too. They're, oh yeah. They were roaring and the rest of the boat was looking at, they look at me and they look back at the guys like, what, what are we missing? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I, that's the, 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 a joke that I would appreciate because I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't deal with puns, especially the same puns over and over yeah. and over again. I, I just yes. I can't do it. Yeah, they're not punny and, anymore. Right, and that's what kills me about the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I just I like I said I love the ride, but just the the worn out script. I feel like I feel like I was a Disneyland fan too late. I guess maybe and, and, you know early on, or maybe that maybe that's better. Maybe it's better just to kind of you know know the Jungle Cruise in this way, this kind of sort of cookie cutter format, and not know it as it used to be in its you know. Skipper Glory. In its heyday. Yeah. Maybe. Or you can go to City Hall and complain that the skippers need to be able to loosen up a bit. See, there we go. Not that I'm encouraging that behavior, but I am encouraging that behavior. Well, in theory. (laughs) Hypothetically, we could. It's a thing we could do. Hypothetically. Because I will tell these stories to my students, and I've had students that were skippers are like, we could never get away with that today. Yeah. Like, well, you never know until you try. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What's what's it going to hurt? Yeah. You're just going to get fired. So yeah, and I, I think I got away with murder because I was older than most of the skippers, and so they thought, "Oh, Dave's responsible. He he wouldn't be the one out there doing that." And I'm right. like, "Well, I'm not going to deny it if you're not going to ask." That's right. Dave has a car payment. He's an adult. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to him. <laughs> Go ahead, Terrence. exactly. So, how long do you guys have to practice before you're allowed out on a boat with you know? actual guests on it because there's one thing you know being able to learn the script but you also have to learn timing so like is there a is there a test or something like what do you have to do before you're allowed to go out the training used to be three days and now it's four days long (laughs) and uh because you learn tiki room too but usually the first day is all about safety and the boats and then the second day uh they'll have guests on the boat later at night Okay. Okay. Um, as kind of a practice, but I would do my trainees usually did the boat. They did at least ten trips or more before I let them have guests on the boat. Like ten times, right? I thought they were okay. Okay. Before I let them do it, and one of my favorite things to do is the second day, my my skippers would show up, and they would always ask me, "Are we going to have guests on today? We're going to have guests." Because you could tell they were nervous, <laughs> and I always told them the same thing. I'm like, you know what? You're going to have guests tomorrow on for sure. Don't worry about today. Don't worry about today. Nice. Now, they assumed that meant they weren't going to have guests on. <laughs> but <laughs> w- when I thought they were okay, I would look at the loaders and I would point down and they would load the boat full of guests. And I always did it to kind of, would always terrify my trainees. Cause right. like, you said not today. I said, no, I said, don't worry about today. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, I feel like you can't take anything on the jungle cruise at face value. No matter if you're being trained or if you're <laughs> if you're right. a guest, there's going to be some sort of oh, linguistical, yeah. you know, thing happening. 
Yeah, I've, I've been told it's not as bad as it used to be, but but it's the only place I've ever been where hazing was a regular part of, of working there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to talk about pranks and hazing and stuff like that. Uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, oh no, go ahead. What do you want to know? Oh, just, just about the practice in general because, you know, reading through your book, I, I can't see some of the stuff you talked about happening at like... Winnie the Pooh, or you know oh, what yeah. I mean, or like Splash Mountain, or in or or the friggin' omnibus, right? Like <laughs> those right. drivers. You guys, you you you. It, it's like you had a little comedy troupe, a little improv troupe within Disneyland, yeah. which is kind of the world's greatest playground. Literally outcasts. Yeah. yeah, and so how do you not completely terrorize everybody around you? Exactly. I don't know because we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we we would we would prank other attractions just when we would get bored. When it was slow at Jungle, we would just call other places. And what would you do? Our favorite thing to do. Give me one. Our favorite one of our favorite things to do is we would call um, Autopia because if, if you're at an attraction and you get a call from City Hall, mm-hmm. that's like getting a call from from God Himself. Okay. Just, this is City Hall. Bill at City Hall. Like, oh, oh God. Oh, Bill. So we would call Autopia. Like this is Bill at City Hall. We got some guests who are doing a scavenger hunt. Let me know how many red cars you're running right now. <laughs> and we did it like a bunch of times one summer, and they're like, "What? How many red cars?" I'm like, "Yes, count how many red cars you have running right now, and call me back. Okay. You give them City Hall's number. Let me know how many cars you have." And one time, the guy goes, "We we don't have enough cast members." I'm like, "Then pull out a rookie, make him go count. You call me back in ten minutes." Wow. And we hang up the phone, and. One of our skippers was dating a guy at City Hall, and he came by the jungle one night when the park was closed. And he goes, guys, are you guys calling other attractions, demanding to know the members of, like, vehicles and stuff? <laughs> and we all laughed, and I went, no. Why? He goes, because Autopia called us and said, okay, we have 12 red cars running. <sighs> and we just went, thank you. <laughs> That's a double prank. That's that's, that's, that's the good. that's a historic double prank because not only are you getting the Autopia people, but you're also getting City Hall. Yeah, got him. Exactly. <laughs> and we used to be able to, from a Disney phone, you could call the Disney Studios or Walt Disney World in Florida. Oh, geez. And so City Hall would call and ask us what our wait time is, and we would say, "Hold on one second, and we transferred them to the Jungle Cruise in Florida. <laughs> oh and man, I did it. <laughs> My friends and I, we did it every shift for weeks. <laughs> And one day, a manager comes over, and he's like, I was the lead one day. He's like, hey, uh, Dave, what, what's your wait time? I'm like, uh, 10 minutes. He's like, oh, why does it say 45 minutes out on Main Street? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know those Main Street guys, those City Hall guys. I don't know what they're doing. They like pranks. Um, <laughs> they're pranking us. <laughs> but we finally got caught because the, when they called Florida, the person goes, our wait time is 45 minutes, but our, and our fast pass time is 3.30. Oh. And they go, you, you don't have fast pass? And then they found out we, we'd been transferring them to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's good, man. And yeah, like I can't imagine. That's brilliant. Are, 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 there, other, are there other ride operators and, and other CMs and other areas doing stuff like that? Or was it, just, was it just the environment that you guys were in sort of fostered that creativity and that joking manner that you just – kind of had to release in other areas aside from the boat. The, the only other place where I've seen that kind of craziness is with some of the canoes mm. and um, some guys who worked the Mark Twain. They called that the floating break room. But they would still do some <laughs> crazy pranks. Mostly because they were just bored and then you had 20 minutes right. where you're mostly out of the view of management where you could do things. Oh my God. But the Jungle Cruise, we, we, it, it was a specialty. I, 
I had a manager tell a group of us that, that she didn't like people getting trained at Jungle because once you get trained at Jungle, you are ruined for the rest of the park. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I believe that. Yeah, I can definitely yeah. believe that. <laughs> yeah, and we... We wore it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Oh, you have to. Yeah, that's that's yeah. for that's for sure. It, it's it's too bad that that it seems like that culture is has changed. It's not even changing. It's it's just very different right now. And I wonder if a ride like that in that kind of atmosphere would would be created now, like in this day and age, if they were going to open a new ride. It, it, would, it couldn't be anything so. like that because you, you, you're, you're, I mean, in a number of ways, you're relying on a cast member to be the focus, essentially, right. yeah. uh, or at least a live narrator, right? right. Uh, I don't see that happening today. Um, a, a place where you can encourage, you know, you can pick and choose, even now off the script, pick and choose what information you want to deliver, right. even if it's a funny way or not. I can't imagine that anymore. And especially not yeah. of the heyday of people running around pranking each other. I was reading <laughs> in your book about how you guys would just mess with a Aladdin's Oasis. Oh God, that was one of my favorite activities. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like imagine if, uh, uh, the, uh, what is it? Uh, the millennium Falcon escape from whatever it is now. I don't even know in star Wars land, if they're just messing with like Roger rabbit <laughs> cartoon spin, no I can't way. imagine that happening at all, but it, it is this, this sort of, I don't want to call it a dinosaur ride, but it's this thing that probably should have been extinct a long time ago, but it's so culturally, I think, yeah. relevant. I mean, look, they're making a friggin' movie about it, right? right, right. And, yeah. and, and yeah. everybody has a solid opinion on Jungle Cruise. It will never go away. It's its own, what, microclimate, right? We yep. were talking right. about Absolutely. on one of the shows. Like, it's such a beautiful, unique piece of history that it'll never go away, but it will never be recreated as well. And I think that's probably a good thing yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Disney would make it like that again. I, I was actually there one day when Imagineering was testing out if they could do the Jungle Cruise automatically, just have the boat go without a driver. Oh no! And That'd be terrible. The, the manager, the manager was watching, and he was just angry all day long because he's like, "No, this is for skippers." <laughs> but it can take upwards of twenty-five people to run that ride. Jeez. Where every other attraction won't even take five or six. Wow. So it's real income heavy you know just you know pay bob Iger half a percent less and it'll take care of itself <laughs> right exactly but, uh, right yeah absolutely um, we we we, know, we like to target bob Iger's salary on the show a lot so definitely. Really? oh yeah, yeah for sure it, it doesn't make sense you, you know you, you I, I, we always say we go to disneyland for the rides and the attractions and everything beautiful about the park but the it, it's the people who make those things happen. So if they weren't there, this place exactly. would fall in disarray and no one would go. So pay people more money. Can we can we stop exactly. with minimum wage for this stuff? I mean, it, you know, it seems ridiculous because you are pushing buttons even on, you know, the, the basic ride, but you also are there for safety and guest interaction and whatever. So just let's let's be a little more free with those purse strings and a little less free with those bonuses. But yeah. Yeah. so far, well, no one to, says anything. So I used to teach a history of Disneyland class, and in 1980, the average cast member... Uh, had been there for 10 years and was making the equivalent of $25 an hour. Oh, wow. And and now the average uh, age, I think it's a, it's like less than a year. It's like 11 months, and they're making just about 50 cents above minimum wage is the average. That's crazy. So there's man. been a real a real shift. But there are still some awesome skippers working there today. Um, I can tell you their names offline if you want, uh, who okay. are some former students of mine who are just super funny. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be and great. They follow the guidelines, but they're funny. <laughs> it'd be it'd be good to, you know, 
to to have regulars, I guess. We don't go. I don't go to the park personally a whole lot. Maybe a couple times a year, um, but it would be nice to like recognize people or maybe have a little more of a connection with the people in the park for some. It would seem a little more f- familial. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe that's just uh, me being weird. I don't know. No, I, I agree. <laughs> or both. Well, it could so, be both. I, there's Karen. a specific guy that's on, at the uh, tiki room, and when I see him, I'm always yeah. I'm, I'm always ecstatic because he's just so great. I still haven't seen him is on it Maynard. Oh yeah, I didn't know if I should say his name or not, but yeah, Maynard is. Yeah, just don't give out a Maynard. social security yeah. number. We'll be fine. That guy, is, he's amazing. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that I like, where you have someone who is familiar, and when you see him, you recognize him, and you go, "Okay, I'm gonna, re- yeah. I'm gonna love this experience." Yeah, Maynard is great. If you've seen him at the Tiki Room, you got to go in. He's he's a good guy and a friend of mine, and he's one of the guys that they they weren't sure if they wanted him at Jungle because he wouldn't keep to the script. <laughs> we're like, yeah, but. But his stuff is so good, and it's so original, and it's clean. It's not dirty. It's not offensive. No one will get mad. It's just, it's just his own. And they're like, it has to be the script or else. God, why? Um, That's so annoying. Because it's PC again. It's the managers afraid of their jobs. Where WDI and and in Burbank, they're cool with us having freedom, but the managers directly above us are not because their concern is their their numbers and complaints and stuff. Yeah. So it's a weird disconnect. Yeah, but Maynard's the best. Maynard's awesome. And I've I, I like Tiki Room. I've never I've never gotten Maynard. I've never seen I've him. I've never seen. I just looked Maynard up because if you type in Maynard Tiki, I'm, Maynard I'm sure Tiki comes right up. Right, right. Never well, had him either. I had him in wow. January. I believe it was January when I went with my wife. It was just the two of us, and I walked up. Um, I actually grabbed her Dole Whip after using the app and ordering the Dole Whip oh, on your phone. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I got, her a, I got her a Dole Whip, and I walked over, and I saw uh, Maynard right there, and I was like, oh, yes, we have you. And he was like, actually, I'm training someone. And I was like, can you just do this one for me? And he wouldn't do it, but he, I've had him before, yeah. and he is so good. I mean, he was better than the Tiki Room. Like, he's so engaging. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's a lot of fun and and a genuinely nice guy. That's cool. We should get him on the show one time. Yeah, that'd be interesting to. to should he? He's a nice guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna interview him for the my Jungle Cruise history book. Oh nice, nice. nice. That'll be I cool. Just, I just ran out of time to get him in the More Skipper Stories book. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of running out of time, Dave, we're gonna we're gonna let you go here. Uh, I do want to plug your book. Of course, it's Skipper Stories: True Tales from Disneyland's Jungle Cruise. And where can people buy this? Uh, that one and it's. It's Little Brother, the sequel, More Skipper Stories, are both available on Amazon.com, or you can buy it from my Etsy store, uh, Dr. Skipper, on Etsy, where I will autograph it to you. Oh, nice. With with free shipping. Take that, Jeff Bezos. Damn right. Yeah. (laughs) You and your perfectly chiseled biceps and your balding head. I don't know, whatever. Um, And before we let you go, we do have... These little seven weird questions a la Inside the Actor Studio that we like to oh, ask yes. all our guests, if you wouldn't mind. Yes. All right. There's, you know, the quick one or two word answers, you know, nothing, uh, nothing groundbreaking yeah. here. But uh, what, I'm excited about this. This might be an obvious one. What's your favorite Disney attraction? Um, Jungle Cruise. Yes. There we go. What's your least favorite Disney attraction? Oh, God. Um, uh, I have no idea. I'll answer um, it for you, Mayors. Oh, I do. I do. Star Tours. There we go. Star Tours. <gasps> Star Tours. Oh. Why do you hate Star what? Tours? Star Tours is Star Wars, and Star Wars is about a long time ago, 
a long time ago, and it's in Tomorrowland. So the yes. logic of it just pisses me off. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're plus, not wrong. Plus suddenly you're in the you're in the original movies, then you're in the prequels, and then like it jumps around. It's just a time machine and a space machine. The whole thing is just a train wreck of logic, and I can't handle it. Uh, yeah, I I agree. And, uh, and even, it gives you motion sickness. Right. And but, so we're, plus we're I'm more of a Star Trek guy. I said it. I'm a Star Trek guy, oh. not a Star Wars guy. So Uh-oh. that also. Well, that's all right. I've been wrong before too. Um, <laughs> Shut up! I'm just kidding. Uh, Pie-eyed Mickey or round-eyed Mickey? Ooh, um, I like pie-eyed Mickey. Yeah, me too. Honestly, what old ride should they bring back to the parks? Adventure through inner space. I agree. Nice. One hundred percent. Oh my god, I love that ride. Yeah. What current ride should they remove? Star Tours. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your favorite Disney character? Uh, two of them. Um, okay. Can I tell you the story? I'll allow uh, Absolutely. Brer yes. Bear. Okay. I loved Brer Bear and I loved Belle. Oh. oh. And I, I love I loved Brer Bear because I saw him at the park a lot and I just thought he was hysterical. Okay. And the first time I hired into Disney, they asked, Joe, who's your favorite character? And the person sitting next to me, honest to God, said, my favorite Disney character? He goes, Snoopy. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. I look at him, I'm like, well, they're not going to hire him. Oh, yeah. And the guy's writing notes. And he goes, okay, next, who's your favorite character? And I went, Br'er Bear. And he stopped and he put his pencil down. And he went, who? And I said, Br'er Bear? He goes, tell me about Br'er Bear. So I explained. He goes, I've worked here for 20 years. No one's ever said Br'er Bear. <laughs> or I Snoopy. how many people say Snoopy, though. <laughs> and I, and I, thought, I thought, oh, man, all right, I'm getting hired. And then the other one is uh, Belle because I saw that movie when it came out in the theater and I watched it, and I said, I'm going to find Belle, and I'm going to marry her, because that oh. is the world's perfect woman. Mm-hmm. And on the first date with my wife, we were talking about nicknames, and she said, yeah, my family calls me Belle, because they say I'm just like Belle. Oh, no. Aww. That's awesome. I know. Nice. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> that is, is sweet. That was awesome. It was very sweet. Uh, and then finally, if you could travel back in time and meet Walt Disney, what would you say to him? Oh, God. Can you come with me and talk to Bob Iger real quick? (laughs) (laughs) Get in my phone booth, and we have a class assignment (laughs) to talk to Bob Iger. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Dave, again, man, I really appreciate it. Is there a a, a website besides your Etsy page or just the Etsy page, which is uh, Etsy.com slash Dr. Skipper? No, that's it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the Etsy Etsy store. They can follow me on Instagram at Dr., Dr. Skipper Marley. All right, I got to do that. All right, well, do me a favor, man. Let me know when the History of the Jungle Cruise book comes out. Definitely have you back on, and we'd love to go through some of the details on that ride as well. And and I will say, I I right now, as of your book and this interview, I appreciate Jungle Cruise a lot more than I did for for its place in in the park history and kind of what people were gravitated to. I can definitely I can definitely see that. So thank you very much for for bringing your story out there. I appreciate it. Well, you made my day. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. Your your podcast sounds like a morning radio show. I love that. <laughs> Thanks, thank man. you. Without the uh, the the bells and the 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 cowbells and the symbols and stuff, morning and, zoo and stuff, and the traffic reports and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we're almost we, we we're up actually up against the the fives and the fifteens for the news. Yeah. So we gotta. No, I'm just kidding. Looking out over I-5 right now. <laughs> yeah. Looking out my uh, my spare room window, the street outside looks empty. <laughs> my commute to the garbage cans is minimal. Back to you, Chuck. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Dave. That's perfect. <laughs> Thanks very much, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great day. All right. You, you too. too. All right. Bye. Bye. 
a nice guy. Dope. I don't want to sound like a butthead saying this, but that was so much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and and that's why I, I look. I felt I should just be upfront with a guy. I don't like Jungle Cruise because of all the puns, but he doesn't either. I mean, he likes Jungle Cruise, but the right. puns right. get him. And I could definitely see how uh, you could still enjoy it. Yeah, uh, and, and I kind of hate like now that they're making it so cookie cutter. Yeah, I don't like. What that I started either, to dude. say, and then I went off mic because I didn't want to talk over top of him was. Yeah. I mean, if people were complaining, at least they were engaged. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, the whole thing just seems like a summer camp. Like that and then the. Um, Sounds so cool. And the uh, the canoes. It's like a fraternity, dude. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> it's like Revenge of the Nerds, kind of uh, like going crazy people. I love it. Right. Absolutely. We have our, our second Dave on the line here. Dave Marlier from Flat Tail Brewing Company. In Corvallis, Oregon. Dave, are you there? Well, you know what? I, I'm the first Dave in my book, so <laughs> I just want to set the record Of course uh, you are. Well, you know, we, we read this like a like a Japanese book, so it's basically from right to left. So you are, you can be the first Perfect. Dave in that. <laughs> I get on board with that. Yeah, in that whole thing. How you doing, buddy? It's been a long time, man, since I've I'm, I'm doing heard your voice. Are you yeah, sure? Uh, you're still alive, so that's I'm good. I'm so sure. I am. <laughs> No near-death experiences for at least a week or, you know, a day. Yeah, like <laughs> right. I, uh, you know, I can get behind that. I'm glad. I'm glad you're still around, man. So we well, were. Thank you. That makes one of us. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and and that person is your wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the life insurance policy is just getting better every year. So I was, I mean, you know, I was actually just going to say. Right. I know. It, it's a win-win situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a. It's not W I N, but W H E N. It's my Jungle Cruise jokes, guys. Let's go. No, Dave. So we're here. Uh, you're a big motorcycle rider. You're a big uh, a motorcycle enthusiast. Uh, dare I Indeed say? I am, sir. And you are riding your motorcycle. Give me the details, because I I kind of forget. Uh, you're riding your your motorbike in a circle for five hours. What are you doing? Yeah. Exactly right. in a parking lot with some cones and uh, very safely. Know. So what what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, is uh, I'm riding my motorbike as you call it uh, from Corvallis, Oregon to San Diego, California in a day. And how many miles is that, dude? Uh, last year my total was about one thousand eleven miles. The year before it was a whopping one thousand five miles. And uh, this year, it's my goal. I haven't made it quite yet, but it's my goal to make it all the way to the Mexican border and uh, hit about 1,100 miles. <laughs> wow. So you're, you you're making a, a run for the literal border, and I appreciate that. Yes. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> why, so why, why? 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 Because normally you, you go from, from your house to uh, to what, a fried chicken place in San Diego, right? Isn't that kind of like your oh, your yeah. reward for Three the end of the... merchants of fried chicken. They, <laughs> they have not yet sponsored my ride, oh. but I figure if I talk about them every year, eventually maybe they will. Yeah. Um, it's, it's my favorite destination because it is the best fried chicken on the West Coast by far, and I've officially, as of last year, been to Texas couldn't find better fried chicken. Well, have you been to no Knott's thing. Berry Farm? Because I hear they have really good fried chicken. Also, there's a, a little, it's a little family-owned restaurant called Popeye's. Uh, they have really good fried chicken, too. really good fried chicken. I've heard a thing or two. I, I think I've actually had that on a few uh, Brewing Network trips. 
Yeah. Oh, right. Well, that's not that's not good. Um, <laughs> no. So so are are you going to stop there? That's really important. Are you going to stop at the uh, fried chicken place, or are you just going to keep on going down into uh, Mexico? Well, you know, my goal is to make it all the way to Mexico, head back, maybe do something crazy and sleep for the night, and then get fried chicken the next day. Okay. So you're going to... Yeah, and then, of course, you know, in between the fried chicken and the motorcycle race, uh, riding, I'm, I'm also hoping to raise like $15,000 for the National Brain Tumor Society. But that's obviously secondary to the fried chicken. Well, right, right. So you're going you're gonna to drive down through San Diego. You're going to uh, clip the wall... With oh. your back wheel and then just skirt back up to San Diego. Oof. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> two San Diego's in there, but we all got what you were trying to put down. Yeah, yes. okay. Yes. It's my, my dumb jokes, man. It was, it was a, that was not... A, it was a thing. No. That was, that was, so what, no. Are, what are you raising the money for? What's the charity? Uh, the charity is the National Brain Tumor Society. And basically, the way this all got started was a good friend of mine way back in the day when we first started Flat Tail, and we were a tiny little six-barrel brewery that no one knew about. Uh, He gave us a lot of help kind of getting the word out, talking our beers up, and um, that guy was Angelo DeIso, the founder of the Brew Public Beer Blog. Okay. And unfortunately, about uh, five years ago, he was diagnosed with a dendroglioblastoma. I hope I'm not getting that name wrong, but he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And he has uh, been battling that for years and years now. So when I was thinking up this motorcycle, you know, marathon ride fundraiser, uh, it it just was a natural natural fit to kind of move to the uh, National Brain Tumor Society. Yeah, absolutely. So how can our listeners help you out with this well they can follow me on my ride they can email me at highway to help fundraiser at gmail.com they'd like to make a pledge or a donation um, and basically what i'm looking for is per mile pledges so the the best way to do this is you know i i get 10 cents a mile five cents a mile a dollar a mile two dollars a mile uh, what have you, and every mile I ride, all of that money goes straight to the National Brain Tumor Society. Uh, we don't take any cuts. There's no administrative fees, nothing like that. So every dollar you donate goes directly to supporting brain tumor research, uh, advocacy, et cetera. That's really, that's, that's amazing. It's very nice of you, Dave, to do that. Well, thank you. I just, you know, I, I needed an excuse to throw a bike for 16 hours straight without doing anything else. So it seemed like a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is a that is a pretty good one. Uh, do you have a a website? Anything that we can go and and and, and do this whole donation thing? You know, I, I don't have a website myself, but the National Brain Tumor Society has given me a page. So if you go to www.braintumorcommunity.org/go-to, as in G-O-T-O slash Highway to Health, you can make a direct donation. Okay, and we'll put that uh, uh, on the link to this show, so uh, anyone listening, you can go to our page and I, get that link, or we'll put I it on. Our... By by year four or five, I'm going to actually have like a, a link that's not 17 words long. Yeah, well, and all you have to do is you buy a URL, like uh, you know, donate to Dave and his bicycle thing, and then it'll just redirect to that. It's really easy. Yeah, I, I don't know who this Earl guy is, but <laughs> yeah, Earl Sandwich. We can work out in the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, <clears throat> look, I'll let you go because I know it's really late over there on the West Coast. Dave was complaining. He's like, what What time? How long do I have to be up for tonight? I was like, I don't know, 840. 
It's like, what are you, 19? <laughs> Grown ups go to bed at 8 p.m. This is a known fact. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Grandpa. Oh. No, you guys run a Disney podcast and you stay up later than me. There's something wrong here. You're not wrong. You're not I think wrong. You get up earlier okay, than any right. of us, though. When do you get up? When do you start your day, Dave? Uh, I usually get up around five. Get yeah. work around six, six thirty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Beverly gets up at eight. No, wait. Hard pass. What? Every day. Hard pass. <laughs> I'm gonna text you guys every morning at five a.m. from now on. That's fine. I won't get it till eight o'clock. Until <laughs> seven, my phone uh, kicks back on. I was literally on. just about to figure out how much my company could support you, how much we could sponsor you, but. <laughs> Uh, over it. So you should take out your rage against me by supporting this wonderful cause. That's true. No, we will. Mm-hmm. We will be making a donation, one hundred percent. So if we donate like a dollar a mile, then then it's like eleven hundred dollars or whatever. That's yes. how that works, right? It's not. Yes. I'll just yes. give you twenty. That is, can that we just is the math? Can we That's just give you like twenty bucks? Can we also just do direct donations as well? Yeah, you can make a direct donation. We we actually cool. had over a thousand dollars of donations that were just anywhere from five to fifty bucks last year. Okay. Um, and then uh, oh, that's a good we option. We had a few blocks. What was that? That's a good option, I think, for people to have. Too. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, every dollar counts, and, and I think people sometimes think like, "Well, I can't afford five hundred bucks, so I'm not going to donate anything." And even a dollar helps. I actually still have a dollar bill in my tank bag that was given to me on my first ever ride. And uh, I swear swear I'm going to figure out how to donate that single dollar bill to the NBTS at some point. But for now, it's still sticking with me in my tank bag. So every dollar counts. Oh, that's nice. And then if anybody's driving through Corvallis, Oregon, how can they support you and your business to help uh, do this sort of weird thing you're doing? You know, swing by Flat Tail Brewing. We're at 202 Southwest First Street in Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, we're a real bike-friendly bar, and we're also a real everything-friendly bar. <laughs> so just, you know, come on by, have a beer, and say hi. There we go. Yeah, you know what? I can attest to Dave's beers. They're really good. Fantastic. And they're all, you're all over Oregon, pretty much, right? Like, you can just go anywhere Yeah, we're, we're really Oregon-centric. Uh, we're mm-hmm. self-distributed in the whole state. So mm-hmm. if you get a keg of flat tail beer, it's either going to be from me or my sales guy, who is also Dave. So okay. no matter what, Jeez. the beer comes from Dave. I can't get away from Dave's. There's actually a, a, pla- a couple places down here in our area that, co- that uh, carries flat tail. Okay. Yeah, so I got good. some damn wild the other day. It's pretty oh, good. nice. It's pretty yep. good, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've got limited distribution in California, but we do pop up every once in a while. Yep. Awesome. And I can attest to the flat tail food. It is Flat tail food's good, dude. <laughs> cheese curds, right? Hell yeah. Yeah, cheese curds are good, man. Yeah, it's yeah, a... Like this. It, yeah, it's a cool spot. So if you're cruising up the five, you know, from wherever, or down the five from wherever, swing by Corvallis. Give Dave a hug. Dave's a real big people person. He's a very big hugger. So hug him. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I just just hugs all day. <clears throat> right. All right. And, and again, and don't introduce yourself. Just go straight to the hug. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> just skip over introduction. That's even better. Um, again, that's braintumorcommunity.org/slash/go/to/slash/highway/to/health. And support Dave on his quest to raise money for the uh, brain tumor, uh, what is it? Northwest Brain Tumor National Walk? National Brain Tumor Society. There we go. It's Words are tough, man. I don't know. I'm just reading like the blurb on the the text or whatever. All right, Dave, we're going to let you go you night nice, dude. Yeah. Go night nice. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. And, of course. Uh, yeah, thanks again. Yep. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you. All right. Have All right. Good night, guys. Bye. It's a good friend, Dave. 
not Disney related, but you know what? He's a good dude doing a, a good thing for some good people. So yes, absolutely. Check him out. All right. How about we do a little bit of Disney news? Then we got a break. I got to make a drink. Then we got to learn all about the Illuminati. Holler. You know I'm trying to say, but there, and I wasn't going to do news, and then a bunch of stuff kind of broke today. So yeah. um, <clears throat> I got to now. I got to find. There, have there. to. We literally have to. Yeah. Like it's, this a, it's is, our job, actually. Yeah. Present and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the ears up Disney news. All right. Here we go. Here we go, baby. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, here we go, here we go. New Star Wars land details and resort enhancements. This is all that's happening right now. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is making some news. Uh, the interest, of course, in the new land is massive. The start date is on track. People were a little bit concerned about that because of the weather. Uh, but what's really interesting is the way Disneyland is trying to get ahead of the mess that they know is coming right. full of people. Number one, there will be no standby line for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So for the first month, all guests must have a reservation to visit the new land. Here's the interesting part. Details on how the reservations will be obtained have yet not been revealed. Except if you stay at the if you stay at the resort. What's up? Thought I heard a bump. Go oh, I, it was me moving my mic. Okay. I'll okay. cut it. It's fine. Uh, oh, I can't cut it out because the music's playing underneath. So everyone will hear what just happened. Um, if you stay at the resort uh, the hotels, right. you get a reservation, yeah. but that's the only guarantee. Nobody knows yet how that's going to work in the future. So my question to you right. and to everybody is if you're planning on uh, going in the first 24 days, 26 days, whatever it is. Yeah. First of all, don't. Well, but yeah, but if right. you are, right, right. Um, how are you, you're not even guaranteed that you're going to get a reservation to get in the thing. So how are you booking your, how are you trying, like, how are people going to go book a vacation to a thing they're not even guaranteed? There's no details. You actually can't get a reservation to Star Wars Land unless you've already booked it or you're staying at a Disneyland hotel. So if you're staying at any other hotel, you're yeah. not getting into Star Wars Land. Right, right. No, but I'm saying. Galaxy's like, Edge. <clears throat> well, not yet. That's that's my point, right? right. There's no there's no details right. on that reservation system except right. uh, the only known now is if you stay on the resort. So that's I wonder it. if maybe that they're they're only previewing it to resort stay in. Yeah, I mean that's the, and that might be what happens. Because I don't know. I mean, Looking at the sheer number, a, that, even that's just that's a lot of people. Look at the sheer number of rooms that have already been booked. You know, it's completely sold out. Well, but if you recall from the news last <laughs> that day, was yeah. A joke, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Might not be. <laughs> right, and then every, so every article I read now, every headline goes, "It's all sold out." I'm like, is it though? Right. It, you know, it's really. I don't really think it is. Uh, Star Wars Land reservations will be for a specific period of time to ensure that the maximum number of guests will be available to experience the land. While many would no doubt want to spend all day there, that won't be possible in the early months of the new experience. However, the limited number of guests allowed into the land should make it possible for all guests who gain entry to actually experience the inactivity of Galaxy's Edge. So that was the thing we're concerned. They're time-gating it, right. and it sounds like they're going to do a decent job right. to let you actually experience it. Like when Taryn and I got that preview of Cars Land, we got to see everything. 
Right. Uh, and, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot worth seeing except, right. you know, the Radiator Springs Racers. Right. Well, I mean, the Ridgeway Racers. Ridgeway Ridgeway Racers. I was like, wow, you said the right name. And, then and I didn't. wasn't sure. Yeah. In my head, <laughs> I know. It, it. In my head, it was face. literally a 50 50 shot <laughs> that I was going to get that right. But what you, what, that. the other thing with the whole Galaxy's Edge is that they don't have the Cantina open and they also don't have the Millennium Falcon right open. So there's a lot less time that has to be spent in the park because, in the area because of that. They want to have the Cantina open, huh? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that yeah, the cantina's not open either uh, so apparently as uh the line lengths for the the ride increase it's also uh they're going to open snack and beverage vending will be offered when attraction queue length gets long there will also be a system in place for guests to exit the line to use the restroom without losing their spot which i feel like to put that in there is very to me it's very obvious the line's going to be hours long but real, maybe not real long i don't know uh this this one really annoyed me atmosphere entertainment will also be used and cast members are encouraged to interact with guests i.e. trivia games photo frames etc get out of my face with your photo frame i don't want to <laughs> hold the frame while i'm standing in line i just right. don't want that's that's not the <laughs> level of involvement i want I agree. That's not, it doesn't interest me at all did i speak to you no, please do not speak to me. <laughs> right. That's exactly. the vibe I hope I always give off. <laughs> you do. Okay. You do. Na- nailing it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, capacity of the land is more or less dependent upon the hourly capacity of the Millennium Falcon ride to ensure that every guest who enters the land can ride the attraction. From what I've heard, and, and maybe it's out there in articles, but I haven't read it, is that it's really not a people eater. It's not an omni-mover system. It's not a... Um, like a haunted mansion thing or whatever, it, it it's actually kind of has a low ride capacity. Right. So there's not going to be a whole lot of people per hour getting on that ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe three or four hundred. That's not a lot. That's not a Oof. lot at all. So I don't know. And I made that number up. So, but no, I know no, it's I low. I understand. That's yeah. very low. That's oh, man. That's, that's five very a, low. That's five a minute. That's super low. So and then after uh, the reservation period ends. The park is currently working on a virtual queue system, which will notify guests when their opportunity to visit Star Wars Land has arrived. This will allow guests to visit the rest of Disneyland without waiting in a long line outside Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) I kind of like that. I think that's pretty unique. I mean, otherwise, yeah, you're going to have giant... I mean, when we went to that uh, Tony Baxter Mm -hmm. thing in uh, Big Thunder Ranch, the the talk... Yeah, yeah, I remember. yeah, Yeah. There was a line outside of that just to get into a talk. That was rough. Yeah. Can you imagine for a new, brand new land? This would be hours long. That was crazy. Yeah, that's... Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, the costume policy will stay the same for now while bounding, Disney bounding, uh, is fine. Real costumes will not be allowed. Even right. though some costuming will be sold in the land, they won't be allowed to be worn in the land by the guests. Which is stupid. Sell that stuff in World of Disney then, dude. That's the same thing they do with basketballs. I got almost busted because we bought our kid a basketball in DCA. And we were walking out of DCA through the hotel back into downtown Disney. And I said, I'm sorry, but balls aren't allowed on Disney property. It's like, fool, I bought this here. On Disney property. On Disney property. And they're like, well, where are you headed? We're headed back to the house. 
Just make sure you go straight there. Just don't bounce the ball. And, everything. and that's the same thing. It's like, don't why? bounce. Excuse me. This is still America. Okay. And I will bounce the ball off your head if I want to. Show me. Right. Show me in the friggin' rules. Right. I would stand there and bounce it right in front of his face. Show me in the rules where it says don't bounce a ball in public. I'm not, I'm not that also, dude. Get out of here. I'll dare you sell me a ball and that's, then tell me I'm not allowed to use it. That's That, that was my whole point. That was my uh, whole point. But that's. Whatever, God, God bless him. Yeah, yeah, do something yeah, to him. You do you. That's uh, that's crazy to me. I just don't understand the selling of costumes that you can't like. Oh, here's this thing, Jimmy, but you can't actually wear right? it until you leave. But I want to be Luke Skywalker now, <laughs> which is also my Luke Skywalker impression. <laughs> it was good. It's pretty yeah. accurate. But I want to <laughs> submit my application to the Republic now or whatever. <laughs> the, Did the, Angelina whatever. Jolie like go to the park dressed as Ray? I don't know. Or whatever. I, her who name cares? Is. Like, but but isn't isn't she breaking the rules? I don't know, man. Uh, and then there's some new parking, of course. The new Pixar Pals parking structure, which is uh, a lot of peas to pop it's, into the microphone, which it's, is pretty fun. It's also massive. It's that massive, parking structure dude. is gigantic. Six levels. Um, it's humongous. What is it? 5,300 parking spaces or something like that. 16 additional toll lanes will also be added. Each lot will have two to three entry points. Oh, there's just two lots. But I'm like reading up a story because right, right. I really just want a little bit of background here. Uh, the newest lot uh, next to Mickey and Friends will be called Pixar Pals, of course. Uh, I just said that. But the structure will contain a pedestrian bridge, which will link the structure with the west end of downtown Disney. I like that. So instead of instead of going down to wait in the tram, you can just walk right to in. the to the butt end of downtown Disney and then continue to walk into the parks that way. I'm yeah, I'm okay with it because those tram. I, I haven't like done that. the tram a lot, but it they, it can get pretty it's pretty long ride. I pretty much have never waited in line for the tram because I I just have this thing against waiting in line so that I can be driven to a place to wait in line. <laughs> well, yeah. And also, like, you're going to spend, you're going to walk around the park for 10 miles. What's an extra half a mile? Right. Suck it up. The park has also been making small changes to the fast pass system lately. Excuse me. Most of the tweaks are invisible to guests, but involved the, uh, but involved the volume and timing of passes and how that impacts the overall flow of the resort. For example, fast pass reservations are minimized for Matterhorn in the period directly following parades. Because many extra guests tend to flow towards that attraction standby line. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. You're right there. I don't know. Let's go on a ride real fast. We've been sitting here for 30 minutes. Matterhorn's, Matterhorn's right there. Let's go on Matterhorn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than have standby backup, the volume of fast, packed, fast pass tickets is decreased for that block of time. There's another change coming soon to fast pass regarding the recovery process. Currently, when an attraction breaks down, you are able to use that ticket on any other fast pass attraction. Unfortunately, this negatively impacts the major e-tickets at most as most guests will pick those. So, Absolutely. if you go on Poo and it breaks down, what are you going to use that for? Splash right or there, yeah. Matterhorn yeah. or Space, right? And then that bumps the people who mm -hmm. already have fast pass. It yeah. just kind of throws everything off, which I can't imagine it's that big of a deal to be warranting a friggin' fix for it, but right. maybe, I don't know, maybe it is. But now you'll instead be offered a choice of attractions you can select. They're going to have tiers. There will initially be two groupings of attractions, uh, uh, which a date has not been um, confirmed. So I would imagine, like, let's say Pooh breaks down. Right. All right, well, you can go on Casey Jr. or Dumbo 
or you know Mr. Toad. Something like in the same caliber, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, they're creating E, D, C, B, and A tickets. Right. Well, there's going to be two, 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 <laughs> two groupings. Right. But yes. But right. right. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I mean, I, I, I guess. Uh, they're also doing a lot of curb lowering. We've talked briefly about it, that Project Stardust. Um, you know, just a lot of slow changes to really aid the amount of people that can that can flow. So, you know, in the hub, they're they're basically shaving down the curbs, not the curb around the hub, right. but the curb, you know, from that brick to, you know, whatever lane the you're going into. Lines. Yeah. That uh, that's all. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I don't know if I like it. I don't know why. There's no reason to not like it. Right. I just don't like I, it. I've seen so many people almost bite it on those things because it's so hard <laughs> to see with the sea of people in front of you. Yeah. And you just clip your the front, your toe. And also, I mean, you got. I'm I'm thinking of it from the perspective of somebody who's disabled, and they have to go up the area that's ramped where a lot of other people sure, with strollers sure. will go. Sense, so yeah. it kind of bottlenecks there. So I think this would make actually will just make the flow a lot better, especially for people in that situation yeah that's true um and uh, if you are involved in any way in choosing the people who get accepted into the disney parks mom's panel (laughs) don't just turn off just turn it off now Just, just don't worry about it i'll give you a moment Okay. This next article is from the Disney Parks uh, blog. Uh, it's a mom's panel update. Know before you go. Tips for your next park visit. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Good. Strollers. There are changes to the strollers being made. Mm-hmm. Um, beginning May 1st, we are adjusting our guidelines on stroller sizes, the park says, which will require them to be no larger than 31 centimeters wide. No, excuse me, 31 inches, inches wide. Yeah. 31 centimeters <laughs> would be weird. Um, and 52 inches long. So don't forget, it's also a, a length. It's not a width only. It's just a length as well. Yes. Not just, but. So those stupid uh, wagons that we talked about uh, in January, whenever we were, those are going to be gone. You cannot bring those in anymore. The side-by-side strollers as well. Is, is that what that is? Bro, yeah. Instead of having what, it. What is 31 s- inches like that? My wheat span, it's about six and a half. So about right here, maybe? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, those side-by-sides, dude, those are killers. I know. They're oh, it took us so killers. much space. Uh, well, see here, they say the good news, many strollers on the market, including many double jogging strollers, fit within these size guidelines. But Absolutely. does that mean double no. width or, or stacked? One in, yeah, stacked. Okay. No, I don't know about that because a, double jog- decker. a jogging stroller typically isn't front and back. Mm. Jogging side by. strollers are usually Yeah, because side by side it used to be, I, th- I think the current guidelines are 36 inches wide. So an yeah. inches, a, a difference of five inches is not... It's not that much. It's not Terrence. that much. No, it's of it's, course it's, not. it's it's a negligible amount. Yes, even, absolutely. As a matter of fact. Actually, if you just type in how wide is, yeah, uh, a I've typed in how wide is a bob. That's a stroller okay. brand. Okay. First thing that comes up is a double bob stroller. All right. How wide? I bet a lot of people have researched this recently. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, beginning May first, stroller wagons will also no longer be permitted. Good. Which, yeah, get out of here with that. I can't even believe that. No stuff. one needs that much stuff in there. So here's the tip from the moms panel. Um, my number one go-to is renting a stroller from Disney, explains Disney Mar- Parks mom's panelist, whatever. Of course. That is not your That's number one go-to. Lie. I know. Your number one, your number one go-to. If you had one tip <laughs> to, to give somebody in going to Disney World mm-hmm. or Disneyland, Disneyland yeah. it would be to rent a stroller. Nope. No, I'm not even going to say your name. Princess. 
I don't know. Uh, Disney World Resort, you can rent a single or double stroller once you arrive. I just That's what bothers me about customer service in this weird package that Disney Parks Mullis yes. panel has. It's, it's, it's fake. And yeah. just can you not be on? It's not a show. I'm asking a question. Right, right. That is not your go-to. That is not yeah. your number one go-to. That's true. That's definitely true. Uh, smoking. As of beginning May 1st, smoking areas will no longer be present inside Disney World or Disneyland theme parks, water parks, ESPN Wild World Sports Complex, or downtown Disney in oh, California. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah, you ha- you will have to leave the secure areas of the park to smoke. Bro. And so here's what I didn't know. I was talking, uh, was chatting with uh, Maddie and Brittany today mm-hmm. about the show. And I was like, dude, you guys, check this out. And Maddie was like, there's already only one smoking area in in Disneyland. I didn't I know didn't that. that so that one like across no, from the uh, Haunted Mansion, gone. The one where the motorboats oh. used to be, my Matterhorn, gone. Yeah. It's uh, now really the entrance to Star Wars land. That's the only smoking area. So, of course, that's going. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. no one wants to get cancer <laughs> right. going in line with a thing. Um, but, yeah. So, Man. if you're a smoker, get some gum. Get a patch yeah. or ten, and and you're just you know which to be honest with you, I'm perfectly fine with. Yeah, this includes vaping as well, because that was the thing last time we were there. Is people were just walking around vaping, and not always tobacco. Yeah, you're not supposed to vape anywhere in the park. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a thing. <clears throat> Here's a weird one: loose ice. I know. I wanted to know the answer for this. I thing. didn't even know that this was a thing. Neither did I. Be, uh, I, th- I have a feeling it's more of a Disney World, John, but I maybe, don't know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, beginning today, if you plan to bring a cooler or a cooler bag to snore, to snore snacks, to <laughs> snore <laughs> snacks, <laughs> yo, I'm out here snoring snacks all day. Oh, gosh. Uh, store snacks and drinks for theme park or water park adventures. So maybe that's it. You can like barbecue maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm okay. making that up. It's important to know that loose or dry ice is no longer permitted in the parks. Dry ice, I understand. <laughs> loose ice, right. I don't. Yeah. understand that 100%. Uh, here's a tip, though. You want to hear the tip? Yes. What's the tip? Yes, what's the tip? Buy a double stroller from the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rent your ice from... Oh, God. Jeez. Uh, but make sure to return it. We'll measure it and give you a gold star. Uh, we recommend you keep your items frosty. That See, that's what annoys me. Don't say frosty. Say cold. cold. It's fine Jeez. because, number one, uh, anyway, they say with reusable ice packs. It's not going to leave anything frosty. It's going to keep it cold, sort of. Yeah. Stop with the over-embellishment. Yes. It just, it's very, uh, uh, I don't know, very an- annoying. It's like you're trying to sell me a house. <laughs> I, I don't know why. You can visit any quick service location for complimentary cups of ice for your cooler. Anyway, I wonder why. That's it. Okay. And then um, that was this one's about the Pixar uh, parking structure, but we kind of just talked about it. It's basically just a giant Disney Parks uh, article on parking lot, and I just don't care enough. Anyway, that's it. Okay. Okay. That's the John. Everybody, that's the news that we had to talk about for sure. You know that we did. Hope you enjoyed it. <clears throat> I sure did. So what are the stroller dimensions again? 31 inches long. No, wide by 52 or 56 52. inches deep or long. Yeah, or so the typical Bob double wide is 30.5 inches Perfect. wide. So it just meets them. Damn, dude. So you're, I mean, you know what? $600 stroller. If Disney told me I couldn't take my $600 stroller inside to hold my two crappy kids, yeah. I would stab someone. Dude, my stroller was like $200. <laughs> I 
think we got ours free at the baby shower. I don't know how much it's worth. Well, that's right. We got it free. Yeah. But, uh, I think mine was like 150 bucks. So if, if it's 30.5, I bet you there's a tolerance in manufacturing. Measure it. Don't take don't take the don't take the the written uh, uh, write up on yeah. the, online for your stroller. Measure that thing physically yourself. Plus or minus five inches. Y- right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Point five. A, neg- a negligible amount. Exactly. Exactly. All right, everybody. That's been the show. Wow, that was really loud. <clears throat> uh, thank you to our two Davids, <laughs> David Marley, author of Skipper Stories: True Tales from Disneyland's Jungle Cruise. You can find him over on Etsy at Dr. Skipper. And, of course, Dave Marlier from Flat Tail Brewing. And uh, I lost the link to his... Uh, John- oh, here we go. Braintumorcommunity.org slash go to slash highway to health. Or check our social or, or more importantly, uh, check the post of this show. And he does it every year. So don't think if you, heard, if you hear this show six months from now that it's too late to donate. Just, you know, contact him through the page. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. If you're up in Oregon, uh, it's a good place to go. And then, uh, let's see, where did I go? Here we go. Uh, thanks again to getawaytoday.com for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond, head over to getawaytoday.com slash ears up. And don't forget to ask for the 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer. I don't know, like um, DCA. Yep. What do you think about that? That's something that I just came up with. No one told me to say <laughs> um, All right, everybody. For you people listening live and Patreon supporters, you have to be both of those. Well, you don't have to be, but you have to be a Patreon supporter. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> We're about 15 minutes away from starting the pyramid, the eye, the, the ears, the eye, the eye, the ears. I forget what it P. is now. P. We're, we're, we're about 15 minutes away from peeing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I got the shirt on. Less for some of us. And I'm, uh, <laughs> we're going to make a drink. We're going to get right back in here. We're going to get to it. So join us for that. It's not too late. Get on Patreon. Subscribe. Get that link. Meet us in the chat. And until next time, everybody, we'll see you in the parks. <laughs>